and welcome to Unashamed, a Smut Lovers podcast, where we just want to talk about smut. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Courtney. And we are doing our April favorites today. I know that it's a little messed up on the schedule. Usually this would be released the first Monday of every month, but it's the second this time and it's just going to have to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Life um, happens. <laughs> It does. It's It's been a month. Yeah, and these are the only ones that we really can't record because we are telling you, like, what we read in the previous month, like, right away. So, yeah, the timing just didn't work out this time. It's fine. So, <laughs> for anybody who's new to the podcast, I do not prepare ever it's it's a really nasty habit of mine i don't prepare for anything so when we do the monthlies i have to like go to my kindle and then scroll back and try to remember what was what month (laughs) yeah um, i i also don't prepare anymore so these are basically just like raw us trying to figure out what the fuck is going on episodes There's a lot of editing that goes into these specific episodes because a lot of it is us just like pausing and being like, what am I doing? Yeah, we have a good system for the read alongs for the monthlies. We're just flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah, Um, I Uh, think I remember where April started. I do, too. I'm going to just pick out a few of my favorites Um, instead of going through like every single one. So let's start. I read Waiting for You by Cora Rose. I'm sure Courtney also had that one. I knew you were going to do it. So <laughs> I took it off my list. So this was like a best friend's dad type situation, which is a little different for Cora Rose. She doesn't usually venture too far into the taboo realm. Um, a lot of her books are more like opposites attract type thing, but this one, it was really good. They basically went on a road trip together that was supposed to be with the dad and his son. Son bailed last minute. Best friend was like, well, I'm not gonna let you go by yourself. And, uh, I had always had a crush on him and it went from there. I'm not going to go too far into it because like I said, I do have quite a few books, but we, we've we talked many times about Cora Rose being an awesome author. Um, definitely a one-click for me. So if you haven't read Cora Rose's new book, do it. It's worth it. <laughs> it was a good one. It was a good little taboo read. And actually following up on that, I'm also doing a taboo read. Uh, it's Our Illicit Desires by Tate Monroe and Rory Ireland. And it is a step-uncle-niece situation. So this girl, uh, her, she's living with her boyfriend. And he ends up getting in and uh, taking, like, clearing out her savings, thousands of dollars. And so she's like, I'm leaving. I'm done. He makes some stupid mistake. And... So she goes home, tries to go home to her parents' house, her mom and stepdad's house, and they're gone. She calls her her mom, and her mom says, oh, we've sold the house. We've bought a uh, 
what an RV and we're going to just drive around the country on a whim. And so she's trying to figure out where to stay because she doesn't want to go back to her ex. Anyway, so the stepdad calls his brother, asks if she can stay for a little while until she gets her shit together. Uh, he agrees. And he hasn't seen her in years. Like, he only shows up on, like, a holiday here and there. So he sees her, and he's, like, enamored. You know, she's all grown up. And I think she's, like, 20, early 20s. So, um... Yeah, they they kind of start getting together. He has a braiding kink and um, like a a daddy thing. It was really good. I don't really know. Like I say this every month, but I read these books so far back in the month that by the time it comes up, I'm really just going for the blurb, trying to like remember any sort of details. Me too. So I apologize. I'm not giving the book the justice that this book deserves. It was really good. It's a quick, hot read. Um, I don't think it's very long. It's 136 pages. So, I mean, it's it's a, it's a short read, but it was really good. I liked it. Yeah. The, the, the thing is, is that, like, when you read so many books, because you have to remember, like, we're not just reading the books that we're talking about in here. We're also reading for, like, the read-alongs and we're reading, you know, just a lot. It's hard to remember all the details. Mm -hmm. um, so my next one is Wild Goose Chase by K.M. Newhold. It is the newest Palm Island book. Well, she also released Real Deal, but I think that might have came out. I don't know. It's just a little novella Real Deal is. I read that one as well. But Wild Goose Chase, um, it's with Goose and Hennessy's twin brother. So... I definitely recommend reading this series in order because all of the characters are so dynamic. It's a fun series to read. It's definitely like a palate cleanser. There's not a ton of angst or anything, but I, I've talked about this series before. Essentially, they're all on um, an island, and it's kind of like a gay retreat island, um, and everything's real quirky and cute and fun. And Goose, anyways, Goose is Hennessy's best friend, and it's Pete, Hennessy's twin brother, and they get together, and it's cute. And not too much to say about that. If you've read the series, then then you know. But it's a really cute series. I highly recommend it. Um, my next one is Germaphobe by Callie Moss. It's a forbidden romance thriller. And uh, so this one is a stepbrother. I've got a fucking thing, okay? I can't. Yeah, you were in a taboo mood. I have been. Um, I haven't found any good ones lately, but I'm trying. Anyway, well, these ones are good, but recently. So this one is they meet, I think she's like nine or something when they meet. And the stepbrother has this thing for germs. So his dad killed himself and um he like shot his himself with a shotgun and killed himself so super messy way to die and the stepbrother found his dad and when the mother found him he was trying to put the dad's face back together 
So uh, it ended up triggering like this really horrible PTSD and uh, OCD. So he he had he can't be anywhere near germs. He's got super super bad. So the only person he could really stand like touching him or any sort of anything like that was his uh, stepsister when she comes into her life when she's really young. And as they grow, he gets a little bit obsessed. So her parents or mother and stepfather die and or maybe it's the other way around maybe it's her dad whatever the parents die and she is just shy of 18 so she has to go live with him and he is in the background he has been like plotting and devising any sort of way to keep her to get her to him and keep her. So he ends up like putting her under a conservatorship. So that way when she turns 18, she still can't leave. And they hadn't seen each other in years before this. Because he realized that his obsession with her was a little bit unhealthy. And was trying to like let her go. But then as soon as the parents die, he's like, no, fuck it. She's mine now. And it kind of starts this whole little taboo uh, thing where she's. She, I don't really think she understands, like, you know, she's attracted to him too, but, you know, for propriety's sake, she isn't, and he is just like, let it go. Like, this is happening. Um, eventually, it comes to a head because uh, he had been, I guess dating isn't really the word, dating women and essentially trying to turn them into her as substitutes, and uh, some really bad drama goes down. She leaves for a while, but it does end up happy ish i guess as happy as you can be in a situation like this but it was a really good taboo read if you're really into those taboo reads where like the bad guy is gonna win in the end through sheer force of will if nothing else i think this would be the one for you <laughs> that's right up your alley <laughs> for sure um okay so my next one is bad dogs by Riley Nash. It's part of the Dirty Strays series. So it's book one in the Dirty Strays series. Okay, here's backstory on this. I have talked about Riley Nash before. I also had confused Riley Nash for a different author before. But anyways, he writes male male romance. And he wrote the series. Um, it's like Water, Air, Earth, Fire. And I talked about that one in more detail. So. I was under the understanding that the last books, one of the main characters in the last book, that his brother would be fire, like would be the last book. But the Bad Dogs book is actually his brother's book. So I think this book was originally supposed to finish off the other series, but it is going to have its own series, which makes sense once you read the book. So, anyways, into what the actual book is about. Um, it's, okay. They live in, like, a trailer park. They have not a fucking dime to their name. It's all these, like, barely adults just trying to survive, essentially. And this guy gets moved into the neighborhood next to the trailer park with his brother to live with 
some, I think his name was Terry, whatever, some dude that lives there. And he has selective mutism, basically. So, like, he can talk sometimes when he's really comfortable, but for the most part, he's just mute. And he meets this other, like, young adult, I guess, um, scout that lives in the trailer park. And Scout is kind of just, like, infatuated with him. Like, doesn't really understand why, just knows that, like, he needs to be, he needs to be mine kind of thing. And Scout is trying to start up a, like, a cam site for BDSM. So he wants to join this kink cam community and needs a sub but he doesn't really know how to be a dom so he kind of is like doing research and trying to learn how to do this but also like doesn't want um roman to know that he doesn't really know what he's doing and is just kind of like trust me and roman's like but you're not you're not being what i need like because scout's super selfish he's super immature but he wants to be a dom and it's like they're kind of learning how to navigate together it was really it was really good i liked it a lot um there's a lot of trauma in both of their lives but especially roman he's had a really really hard time he's abused by his brother who's a police officer and he that's part of the reason why he has you know the issue with being mute and he it kind of goes into like some puppy play type stuff roman's like a big dude and doesn't talk and has a lot of anger issues he's probably neurodivergent i don't think they like explicitly stated that but it's like heavily implied that he's neurodivergent um it very good book it's you gotta kind of suspend belief on some of the bdsm things but then if you remember like neither one of them really knows what they're doing they're just trying to figure stuff out together and there's not a dime to anybody's name so like any toys or props or accessories or anything like that are handmade like it's it's it was really good i really enjoyed it a lot it does sound good it is it's (laughs) if you are going into a bdsm book expecting good bdsm this is not it (laughs) Yeah, But if you're going into it for the romance and the emotions and, you know, two kids just trying to survive and make it together with, you know, one of them doesn't talk and he's got anger issues and, you know, he's just a broken man and the other one is selfish and immature and just trying to, you know, just knows that that this other one's supposed to be mine, you know, like that's it, like it's just two kids really finding their way together. It was it was good. All right. Well, I might have to check that one out. You said it's the start of the series, right? It is, but if you it's not necessary to read the other series by this author, mm-hmm. but I definitely think that is also a very good series. I do think it's worth reading and it kind of leads up into Scout's book, but you definitely don't have to read that series to understand this one. Gotcha. 
All right, I'm going to take it all the way away from all that. <laughs> um, okay. Well, sort of. Uh, I read the Cult of Serendi series by Angel Lawson. Um, holy fuck. Uh, this book, I, you know what? I've always said, or at the very least, if I haven't said it very often on the podcast, I've always thought that cult and um, secret society, when you have heavy topics like this one, um, the content has to be really well thought out, planned out. I like Kelsey has finally pointed out to me. I do like secret society romances. They just have to be really well done. And I feel like this, uh, this is one of very few cult romances I've read because I, I try not to go into that because some of them are really fucking heavy. And this one was really heavy, but it was so well done. I props to the author. It seems like at the very least, I'm not super well versed on cults. I try not to be. I've researched into them and I watch like the documentaries, but I'm not going to say that I put a huge effort into, you know, going into them. Um, mostly because I'm totally, I feel like I'm the type of person that would fall for it. I'd, me too. I'd probably definitely join a cult if like they were nice to me. Me too. <laughs> so, Anyway, uh, this book is, uh, Serendi is the uh, place, so it was this group of friends in college with one of them being, I guess, the little leader of the group, and they decide to start this utopia, so it's completely self-sustaining with farms and, you know, uh, businesses and stuff like that in their own, and they start off, and then within, I want to say it's been... 20 something years at this point maybe closer to 30 uh they have built this community the main female character this is a reverse harem romance the main female character's mother was one of the starters of this because she originally really believed in it but then when the daughter was i think i think maybe 12 she the mom leaves and it was incredibly hard for her to escape but because she leaves, the family loses, like, all their status, uh, even though the dad was also one of the original, like, people to help start the community because his wife was a traitor, uh, and she was branded the traitor's daughter and stuff like that. So she was kind of, like, you know, uh, put on the outskirts, and she lost a lot of face within the community. And so um, in this particular one, girls and boys are separated Uh I would have around puberty, 11, 12, I think. And they're sent to different houses. They're raised away from their parents. And uh, when girls are, there's a few inconsistencies. So I think it's between 18 and 20. Girls are married before 21. And boys are married by 25. So there's this huge ceremony where the leader says that he's, you know, reached spiritual enlightenment and decided on the future partner for the people. So she ends up doing this. She's going and getting her partner and she really, really, really believes in the tenants. And because her mom was branded a traitor, she has just thrown herself into, she logs everything, you know, it, and there's some culty shit in here. Like the women are not allowed to eat more than, I think it's like 800 calories a day. They have to log every single thing they do, everything, um, every private thought, every, everything. And then the leaders will read it and then they'll get like corrections if they have like an impure thought 
or, uh, you know, any sort of anything that is deemed inappropriate by whoever reads it. So her choosing day where she gets her mate, she ends up getting paired with the leader's son. And she's like, oh shit, you know? And they say it's because she's a really good, you know, she's she's followed the tenets and the faith and all of that. Uh, but in the background, it's because the leader's son uh, hates the community. He doesn't really want anything to do with it. He kind of just like half-asses belief. He brings rich people his job in the cult is to go out into the real world and like seduce rich people and bring their money and wealth in to the cult to like fund them. And so he kind of has this like outside glimpse. He knows that not everything is roses within this community. And um, his two best friends also do kind of the same job. Uh, you know, so she gets paired and the guy's like, I want nothing to do with her. He originally had chosen her because for his pairing, he told his dad that he he was like, I'll stay in the community if you give me her. And But he didn't really want anything to do with her. So he tells her day one, she's like, oh, we're going to have a marriage and, you know, babies, da, da, da. He's like, nah, that's not what we're doing. Um, I'm going to get my best friends to fuck you, though, like to prepare you for the things that I like because they're not what you would be used to. And and that's just book one. Like, oh, so much shit happens. There is like plots and intrigue and just, oh, my God. This series, I devoured it in one day, all three books. I, I cannot even bring justice to like how good I thought this series was. The ending was fantastic. There was just so much going on. It sounds good. It is. Oh my God. I really, um, I've read the author before, but. What was it called again? It's the cult of Serendi. Uh, the first book is the order and it's by Angel Lawson. I'll have to look into it. It does sound really good. My next one, way more light and fluffy than that, is, um, okay, I want to start off by saying if we were doing this one in a read-along, we probably would have picked it apart, but since I read it on my own, it was good and I enjoyed it. So it's Pucking Around by Emily Rath. It's the Jacksonville Rays series. This book has been all over my Facebook feed. Like every single time anybody asks for a recommendation for anything, the comments are full of like pucking around, pucking around, pucking around. Like it's it's been blowing up my Facebook. So I finally decided to read it. We all know how I feel about standalone reverse harems, but it was good. It starts off with a novella, which we all know how I feel about novellas. Um, it starts off with a novella that one night and it's necessary to read it. Basically it's how the, the first two main characters meet. So then pucking around. So she is a like doctor slash physical therapist and she gets chosen to go help the startup hockey team and she finds out that the guy she had a one-night stand with a few months ago is on this hockey team. So they reconnect. And then she also starts messing around with his best friend, 
who is one of the equipment managers. And then she starts helping the goalie with his health and they start to form a relationship. It is a longer standalone, so maybe that's why I still did enjoy it. I'm really very picky about um, reverse harems, so like it's a me thing. This book is so, so, so highly recommended by so many people. I do agree it is a very good book. Um, I'm glad we didn't do it on a read-along. I almost recommended it for a read-along because we would have picked it apart. And when you're reading it on your own, it is very good. It's very enjoyable. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of like navigating their relationships as well as hockey and injuries. And, you know, some of them have some built up trauma from the past and it's just them navigating a relationship together. And, um, also as far as like being, she's the goalie's doctor and that causes an issue because that's an ethics thing. So it is very good. I do recommend it. Nice. Yeah, it was cute. It was a cute RH hockey romance, but it had enough in it, enough substance in it. I think it was like over 700 pages. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a long one. Yeah, 758. I know I harp on standalone RHs, but this one was long, so <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. Um, I have another river. Actually, this is a poly, completely poly. Um, and I really wish we had done it as a standalone, but I'm so glad that I read it. So this is We Are Destiny by Alicia Williams. And uh, technically, if you want background information, um, the first book you would read was would be We Are Worthy. Uh, it's the so it's two siblings, a sister and a brother. They're both Omegas. Um, this is the brother's book. And then the sisters is We Are Worthy. So uh, Spencer is a male Omega. He has been in love with his older sister's best friend for years. And um, when she turned 18, she presented as an alpha. And uh, she ends up going to Collingwood, which is the college that they all go to to uh, find a pack or, you know, and get their education and stuff like that. So she ends up packing up with her stepbrother and his best friend slash boyfriend. And um, then they find their Omega. And so when Spencer turns 18 and he presents as an Omega, he starts like breaking down just completely because they already, their pack already has an Omega. It's complete. And he now has realized that he has zero chance. And um, so he starts down this really, really, really destructive path. Um, suicidal thoughts and tendencies, drinking drugs, just nasty path to go down. Uh, this book had a lot of, um, if there were a lot of triggers that if anyone is going to read this book, it, they really need to pay attention to their mental health because this book made me cry. There were points in here where it was just like, oh my God, it, it was... But it was so good. There was so much angst. There was so much, you know, anyway. So uh, Spencer ends up going to Collingwood, a f I think, a couple years late. And he goes and the first one of the first few people he sees is Ivy and their Omega and their Pax Omega, who is a cute little sweet bubbly girl. He tries to he leaves 
he tries to um, hurt himself. Then he goes into heat. He ends up in the hospital and has to be, like, sedated and a whole bunch of, like, just shit. So Ivy finally finds out, like, you know, the sister kind of goes off on Ivy. She's like, how is it everybody but you sees that he's been in love with you since, you know, he was a kid? And, you know, she kind of takes the bread to the blame. That's not really her fault. But uh, it turns out that Ivy and one of the alphas in the pack is one of the male alphas is Spencer's scent match. So it's kind of a lot of like navigating, uh, getting them together, the uh, omegas. And it was so fucking sweet. So much. There was mental health healing and just poly. Oh, my God. And the sex scenes. There was a lot of them, which I you should expect from an uh, Omegaverse type book. Holy fuck. I forgot how good this author was at writing them. But goddamn, <laughs> I'd reread this book alone just for that. It was so good. It was so amazing. I cannot recommend this book enough. That sounds good. I want to remember to read that. Is there female, female yeah, in so it? Yeah, so there's female, female, male, male, and male female just group time i know you're not the hugest not female, female fan but holy it was it i was, was good to say that um i have two more i'm just gonna go through this one quickly it was defender by nicole dykes it's part of the kensley panthers series okay so both travis and oakley have shown up in previous books in the series They've been like best friends of other characters and Travis really wanted to get out. He wanted to go to college. He wanted to be openly gay because it's a very small town series. He wanted to be openly gay, find maybe a twink to be his boyfriend. And he had like dreams and goals and aspirations. And Oakley freaking loves living in a small town. He loves that there's no stoplights. And he is really just content working as a landscaper and he works as a landscaper with Travis because Travis wasn't able to leave after high school. So he decides, you know, I want to be your friend and Travis is a prickly pear and he doesn't want to be friends and he, like, leave me the fuck alone, Oakley. And um, Oakley just keeps on keeping on. Let's be friends. Be my friend. Talk to me. Hang out with me. Let's spend time together. Yada, yada, yada. Finds out Travis is gay and then gets this idea that, oh, well, I'm horny. You're horny. We should hook up. And Travis is like, well, you're not gay. And he's like, I don't think that really matters. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, I seem to like you and like, let's just do it. Like, let's hook up. So then they're they're hooking up under the guise of it's just until Travis is able to leave and then feelings get involved. And it was um, cute. This whole series has been pretty cute. I'm the same way, actually, with this next book. Uh, so this is Heresy. It's part of the Anti-Hero Inferno series by Lily White. I started this series, I want to say, like, when the first book or two came out and years ago. It's, it's taken a long time to get this fourth book. And there's going to be six I, or seven, six or seven. I can't remember exactly. But um, so I this is one of those authors where like I'll check back like months 
every few months I check back to make sure that this book, um, you know, is coming or like just to see if anything got released. But so this is an interconnected series of these boys. They call themselves the Inferno uh, and they represent the seven circles of hell. So this one is Heresy and it's Shane and I think her name is Brinley. Yeah. So the start of this series goes that these guys in this group are trying to take down their fathers. Their fathers are these really rich, old money, nasty men. And since they're the next generation, they're trying to take them down. And there's like files going on with this old company and, you know, people are disappearing and it starts off in college, but this is the fourth book. So this is, uh, I, I want to say that the guys are like between 26 and 28 and then the main female character, I believe she's like 24. So she just, she just got out of college not that long ago. Um, and she's one of the few who hasn't known these guys since either childhood, high school, or college. As most of the other books, uh, these characters have all interacted and been interconnected for years prior. So, um, but the reason she's connected is because her dad ran a security company with one of the other girl's dads. And, but they had never met. And um, there were like files going missing that had evidence about the crimes that the guys' fathers committed. It's a fucking interconnected series. I don't even know why I chose this one to talk about because you have to read all four to under really understand what's going on. Um, the romances themselves are standalones. So anyway, Shane is tasked with picking up this girl and pumping her for information and you know they're like we don't care how you do it just get it done so he kidnaps her and um ends up taking her with him and they have met so they had met a few times prior to this they met in like a club he kept spilling drinks on her that was his, like the whole thing they would bump into each other he would knock his drink onto her uh, one time he got into a fight at one of the clubs that she was at and she got a drink spilled on her and then he like was, you know, punching people everywhere. Anyway, so while she's captive, they end up kind of getting this connection at the very least like this sexual tension. So, but she doesn't believe anything that they're saying because she's like my father could never in no way be connected to any of this and you know da, da, da. so it kind of goes on like that um at the very end of this book their romance is solved they're together they're happy but the storyline continues on and i'm really 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 hoping i don't have to wait like three more years for the next book because i'm so invested in the series okay my last one i'm just gonna go through it really quickly is Right Man, Right Time by Megan Quinn. I'm back in the Megan Quinn world. I, She's just awesome. I fucking love Megan Quinn. Um, so it's a hockey romance. Basically, this the main female character is wanting to be a journalist, and she gets this assignment um, for her internship. She's still in college. She's 21. And she gets this assignment she's upset about it then this snarky bitchy girl comes up and is like oh i'm the one that gave you the assignment 
and it's because you touched my motherfucking post-it note, and then her ex-boyfriend walks up, and he's together with the snarky bitchy post-it note girl, and she's like, well, you know, my boyfriend is here too, finds one guy sitting alone at the bar, walks up, kisses him on the mouth, and they decide to come up with an arrangement. He needs a fake girlfriend. She clearly needs a fake boyfriend. And she needs help with her assignment because she was assigned hockey, knows not a damn thing about hockey. And so they spark up this fake relationship with the agreement that there will be, um, oh, this is not a whorehouse, so there will be no sex. And it's funny. They're, <laughs> they're, they're, I laughed out loud multiple times reading this book. Um so they both are attracted to each other though they both have chemistry they like each other um but this is not a whorehouse so it like comes into play quite a few times until they finally give in and then there's some other drama that happens because a snarky bitchy post-it note girl and um yeah it's, i highly recommend it it's it's part of um a whole world. Really, if you read, if you get into Megan Quinn's books, you will find that they are all interconnected in some way or another. So if you start reading her books, then you're going to see those characters show up time and time again in some capacity or another. They'll make like a little cameo. So that's cool. Now that I've read quite a few of her books, I'm like seeing characters that I've already read their books show up. So... Is this one of those that you could read as a complete standalone, though? Or would you have to oh, read yeah. the backgrounds? They're all complete standalones. Technically, I guess, like, if these were to be put into series, depending on, like, which world it's in, then I think this would have been, like, the third book in this world. He's the third one on the hockey team to get together. Um, so that's why I went back. I'm reading um, Kiss and Don't Tell right now. And I think that would have technically been, like, the first one in the hockey world. Gotcha. So that's it, guys, for this month. I think April had some really good good reads. For sure. I didn't read anything that I didn't like. I liked I read a few. But I didn't. I'm such you know. a fucking stickler, though. Like, I'm fucking... I'm, I'm researching for the reads I'm doing by myself, the same way I'm doing for the read along. Like, I'm like, I want to read a good book. Damn it. Yeah. I'm excited to see what may brings. Um, so thank you guys for listening and, you know, share with us some of you guys's good monthly reads on our Facebook or email us. Yeah. Yeah, and right. our next one is going to be a read-along. What are we doing again? Uh, Love Me Whole by Nikki James. Oh, I, I brought that one up. You did. Not me not remembering what's going on. <laughs> We've had a month, guys. Um, the last time we recorded before this was, like, I think two or three weeks ago. At least, yeah. So it's it's been a while. Um but thanks for sticking with us. Yeah. So if you want to hear us read Love Me Whole, Nikki James, stick around for next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.